0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ECHOEGT.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ECHOEGT. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. It is good to see you today. Thank you for joining us via, via live stream. Hey, turn with me to uh, the book of Psalm, Psalm ninety. Two. Psalm ninety-two. We're going to use Psalm ninety-two as our passage this morning, and we're going to look at verse twelve through fifteen of this of this psalm. Don't you love the Word of God? Yes. Word of God is wonderful, powerful. Today we're going to begin a sermon series on discipleship. Discipleship is going to go for the next four or five weeks. And uh, we're going to talk this morning about being planted in the house of the Lord, being planted in the house of the Lord. We pick up in the middle of this Psalm, verse 12 of Psalm 92 says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars Of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. Can somebody say, Thank you, Jesus? They will remain vital and uh, green. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. We have the Great Commission, verse 19 and 20. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always. I am with you always. Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you thankful for his presence? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let us pray, Father. We thank you for your word. I pray that you open our hearts to receive, and Lord, give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And Lord, may we leave here today, encourage, strengthen, And Lord, more in love with the things of God than ever before. In Jesus' name, Amen. A disciple is a follower of Christ, a Christ follower. And a Christ follower is planted in the Lord. And as they are planted in the Lord, they will bear fruit wherever he or she may go. Been reading some articles lately on the fastest growing church at the moment is in Iran. An article dated February the 8th, 2021. And the title of the article is this, Meet the World's Fastest Growing Evangelical Movement. Another article from October 2020, titled, Iran's Skyrocketing Secret Church. Iran's underground house church movement, the fastest growing church in the world, is being fueled by explosive social media use and satellite television viewership. According to the Middle East satellite broadcaster, Sat7, you and I, Glad Tidings, we have a part in reaching the Muslim world through missions. One of our main pro, uh, projects this year is Global Initiative. We've committed $100,000 to help translate into digital platform training materials, teaching Muslims how to reach Muslims for Christ. There's another article from 2019 one of our nation's leading uh, news companies. It was, Iran has fastest growing church despite no buildings, and it's mostly led by women, the documentary said. And as you read the article, one of the things that is so impressive is they talk about the difference between disciples and converts. Speaks about how discipleship is important. And the leader said this, disciples forsake the world and cling to Jesus till he comes. Disciples are not engaged in a cultural war, converts are. Disciples cherish, obey, and share the word of God. Disciples choose Jesus over anything and uh, everything. And the pastor of this certain congregation says that it is built on prayer. Disciples of Jesus Christ, God's called you and I to discipleship. Take your notes out, and you'll notice the first thing we're going to talk about is this you are called to grow. And the reason I'm talking about discipleship is because in the climax or the culture of pressure, it is discipleships that go deeper in Christ. In the climate of pressure, converse will often fall away, but followers of Jesus Christ will follow him to the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. We have this promise that Christ will be with us all way. The New King James places verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I like that word flourish. In the Hebrew, it means to break out, to burst forth, to put forth buds, leaves, or flowers as a tree. Metaphorically, it is used of the flourishing and prosperous condition of a person or a nation. In this context, of a person who was planted in the Lord. The condition required for a prosperous life, this life that is bursting forth with blessing, is to be planted in the Lord. And the New King James, in the house of the Lord. Now, in Hebrew culture, in Hebrew language, the house spoke about the temple. Or the presence of the Lord. In light of the new covenant, this speaks of being in Christ. The body of Christ. It talks about his church. And as you are planted in the Lord, God desires to shower you with his blessing. How many want and need the blessing of God? How many desire the favor of God in your life? Write this down. You were born to grow. It's a simple statement, but so true. A newborn babe, if a newborn babe isn't growing, we begin to run different tests to find out what is wrong because you are born to grow. One of the greatest joys of parenthood and now grandparenthood is to watch the growth process And your children and grandchildren. See, living things grow; dead things stop growing. Growth is a sign that something is alive. Growth is central to living and life. I want you to. I want to show you through the Word of God how you are destined to grow. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter eight. The book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, we love verse 8. We know that all things, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Verse 29 says this, For God knew his people in advance, And he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. He chose you, to become like mm. his son. Yeah. Says he called them to come to yeah. him. God's purpose and destiny for you is to grow into the image of Christ. Yeah. Right. Now, think about this for a moment in the condition of growth and things that are growing. What does it take to grow? What is needed? To grow. A few weeks ago, a couple months ago, we preached on this part. It takes good soil. Right. It takes good soil. In the parable of the sower and the seed. In Matthew's account, chapter 13, verse 8, still other seed fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even a hundred times as much as had been planted. See, when the soil is good, things are going to grow. Verse verse 23 of that same chapter, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word of God and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So good soil is he who hears the word, but then does the word, obeys the word, practices the word of God. So good soil is he who hears and understands and who indeed bears fruit and produces. So we're talking about disciples, Christ followers, living things grow. What does it take for you and I to grow? It takes good soil. You're responsible for the soil of your heart. You're responsible for the soil of your heart. You're responsible to make sure the ground is ready to receive the seed. So often we, we want to project responsibility over on things or circumstances. Well, I would be such and such if it wasn't for this. God has not called you to be a victim, you are victorious in Christ. Have tough things happened to you? Absolutely. Have you experienced trauma? No doubt. Have you walked through the fire? Yes. But hear me, you're responsible for the soil of your heart to allow that soil to be ready for the word of God. And as the word of God is given and it's placed within the heart, the soil of your being, it will bring forth growth. Can you say Amen. amen. What is needed to grow it? We need water. One of the symbols of water in the word of God is the Holy Spirit. John's gospel, chapter 3, verse 6, it says the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. He gives birth to spiritual life. John 14, verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. See, the, the Holy Spirit, being the water, if you would, will lead you into truth, all of God's truth. It'll lead you into biblical truth. Verse 40, uh, 26 of John 14. "The Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything, and remind you of everything I have told you." This is Jesus talking to His disciples. He says, "The Holy Spirit is going to lead you, guide you, and remind you of everything that I have taught you. We need the Holy Spirit in our life to grow. As a Christ follower, as a follower of of Jesus, we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, be led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will not lead you into error. The Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. Now, Now, write this. What does it take? It takes a good root system. In this same parable, the sower and the seed in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, you remember the soil that was the rocky soil? You remember that? It says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have a deep root system, there's not deep roots, they don't last long. You ever seen somebody get excited about the things of God, all excited about the Lord and everything's going well? And man, they're, they're Johnny on the spot. They're, they're committed. But as soon as some hardship happens, they crumble or there's an emotion, there's excitement. But then five, six months, you wonder where, where are they at? Where have they been? See, God needs you to have a deep root system. You must prepare your heart to receive and to have the fertile soul so the roots have a chance to get deep. You're going to be challenged in your faith. We're being challenged in our faith even now. The whole world has been thrown into turmoil the last year and, and 14 months. And, and, and we all could say, we've been in the fire, we've been in the trial, but you got to have your roots go deep. Amen. Roots go into him. Why? Because if you don't have deep roots, what happens? They don't last long. So now a question comes, how, how do you grow a healthy root system in your life? This is a great passage for you to know. Ephesians 3, verse 16. Paul's praying. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. How do you have deep roots? Welcome Jesus into your home. Make him feel home. How do you make him feel at home? Get rid of some things in your life. Get rid of some things that are contrary to his teaching, contrary to the word so so how do you grow well you got to you got to feed the desire feed the desire to grow at some point it has to come from an intellectual knowledge into a to a desire and then for that desire to to be cultivated you got to you got to feed that desire you've heard the saying what you feed grows and what you starve dies yeah feed, feed the desire to grow. Another way is this, renew your thought processes. I love Romans 12 too. be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ask the Lord to help you renew your thought processes. Some of us We stay where we are because we're trapped in that same routine of negative thought processes. God wants to bring growth to your life. He wants you to be planted. He wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to be a Christ follower. It's going to be able to withstand the pressures around. He wants you to look like his son Jesus. He wants you to bear the fruit of his son Jesus. So, so what you got to do is you got to renew your thought process. Begin to see yourself as God sees you. Begin to confess over your life what the Word of God. God declares for you, Amen. Amen? Amen. So we're talking about Christ followers being planted in the house of the Lord. You have to be planted in the Word, so you can be renewed. Plant yourself in the Word of God. How do you grow? I want you to write this word. It's a Greek word. This is the English translation. Cohen. Konia, and it means fellowship. Hold that word up there so you can write it down. Koania. Koania. fellowship. How do you grow? That word fellowship means joint participation, coming together. You have fellowship with Christ. Remember what we read in Romans 8? Notice what it said in verse 30. I remind you. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. You have fellowship with Christ. Fellowship. You're developing a relationship with Christ. Christ, who is truth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That koinia, as you're fellowshipping with him, you're fellowshipping with truth. As you behold him, you reflect him. As we spend time with him, we begin to emulate him. As we fellowship with him, we begin to talk like him. Our mannerisms begin to emulate his. Fellowship, koinia. Also, you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Paul told the church of Corinth in his second letter, he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And again, that word fellowship means participation. The act of sharing in the activities or privileges of close association. As we walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we begin to walk in power, anointing. We began to walk in his leading, Amen. fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But you know what else is very important to be implanted into growing and to discipleship is we have koinia, one with another, yeah. one with another. In this time of the coronavirus There has been a need of physical separation, and that's been important to get through this crisis in the world. But also one of the greatest challenges is we need one another. We need the physical presence of the house of God. We need the physical presence of the ecclesia, the called out ones. Not only do we do we grow by being planted in the house, but we grow through koinonia, through fellowship with the Son, with the Holy Spirit and with one another. It's So important, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 17, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You need me, I need you. And together what happens is we begin to grow. Because you know, sometimes in fellowship, not only do we challenge one another with, with good good conversation and just immolating and say, hey, man, I love how they just walk out in faith. But sometimes, let's be honest, we irritate one another. Oh do we not? We irritate one another. And I would go as far as to say that is needful at times. Now, if you get too irritating, I wanna I want to talk to you. <laughs> Don't just be irritating to be irritating. But in our natural course of relationship, sometimes we irritate one another. And it's not so much of the other brother or sister irritating us as it is what God wants to do in us. What the Holy Spirit is doing in us. You know, I'm thankful for technology today. I'm thankful for live stream. I'm thankful that there are new opportunities before the church. But may we also realize the importance of discipleship, of, of, of one another, and being together. I'm thankful for all the things that we're able to do. I'm thankful that we can broadcast into the homes of our church members. But I'm also aware that we need each other. That we need to be together. So, remember I stated this a few months ago. The enemy wants to isolate so he can separate, so he can dominate you. Now, because of some physical high risk, there's a need for some to to isolate. But we don't have to allow the isolation to separate us. And this is where the enemy really is trying to work havoc in our world today. To get us separated one from the other. Because if he can separate us, then he can dominate us. Because when we feel separated, we feel all alone. That's why it's important for us who are able to be out and about. That you pick up the phone, you call those, that maybe they need to be separated during this time. Don't forget about them. T- call them. Encourage them. Get on a Zoom meeting with them. Have coffee with them by Zoom. Do things that helps people say, stay connected yeah. together. Good. Let's talk about the second thing. You're meant to submit to the gardener. <laughs> this isn't easy. You're meant to submit to the gardener. See, growing things have to be cut. Growing things are are pruned in order to create more growth, better growth, healthier growth. Proverbs 10, 18 says, the wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. The wise are glad to be instructed. It's important to receive instruction, correction, and or direction in order to grow. So what is pruning? What do you mean by Pruning. Go to the New Testament book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 15, and hear the words of Jesus. Let's look at verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain... In me. Now look at the context. Look at verse one. I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not bear fruit so they will produce even more fruits. Verse five. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Pruning is the cutting away of something. Why is pruning necessary? This is important. Write the word health. Pruning is necessary because of health. Pruning is necessary because it cuts away things that are dead or dying or diseased. Yes. You cut it away because you're interested in producing fruit. Right. Using the analogy of the vine and the branches. The branches exist because of the vine. The branch's responsibility is to bear fruit. Now, let's let's apply this to ourselves spiritually. What are ways that God prunes us? What are ways that God cuts some things away? The Word. You need a daily intake of the Word of God. The Word of God is going to challenge the way you think. Now, we get so emotionally bought into something that our emotions make us feel like that what we believe is Right? We get so emotionally invested in something that our emotions are telling us it's right. And man, we'll stand up for that. We'll fight for it. And we will sometimes even die for it because we feel it is right. But your emotions are very deceptive. So you need something that goes beyond your emotions because your emotions are like a roller coaster. It depends how you feel in the moment. And I know that we don't want to look at ourselves that way, but we're emotional beings. Yeah. So the word of God is truth. Yeah. Truth speaks to emotions. Truth identifies that when emotions are wrong. Right. The word identifies when emotions are incorrect. When emotions are out of whack. Let me tell you what Isaiah said. Isaiah says there's going to come a time when, uh, when they'll call good evil and evil good. Yeah. You say, well, how can that be? Because emotions are telling people, it's right, it's right, it's right, it's right. When all the time God says, this is the way of righteousness. This is the way of truth. We must allow the word of God to prune us, to cut away. It will keep our emotions in check. The definition of pruning is to cut back the growth of a plant in order for it to grow healthier. The farmer cuts away some of the good to let the healthier growth come out. Take what the word also does. The word purifies us. Yes. Purify means to wash, to make clean, to make pure. Pure from guilt. We're purified through the word of God. Yeah. We're pruned, cut, some things are cut from us by the word of God. Right. How is your intake of the word are you reading the word? I love, I love individuals, and I'm being sarcastic at this moment, I love individuals that talk about how they love God and they believe this and believe that, but they don't know what God says. They don't know what the word says. So they get caught living a lifestyle that is contrary to the word of God. Why? Because they don't know what God says. Let me tell you, Ways that we are pruned, the word, and then discipline. Discipline. Nobody likes to be, everybody wants the other person to be disciplined, but nobody wants to be disciplined. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> everybody wants the other person to be disciplined, but then we don't want to be disciplined. I'm just pointing that out. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Don't reject the Lord's discipline. You have a choice. We have a choice to receive it or to reject it. Proverbs 15, verse 32. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow. You grow in understanding. The writer of Hebrews quotes these verses. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Notice, I love the New Living Translation. uses the word trained. Trained in this way. Because sometimes the reaction of discipline is to reject it, reject it. But as you are submit yourself to it, you become trained by it. We're talking about ways in which we are pruned. We're talking about submitting to the gardener because discipleship is important. Remember the article in the fastest growing church in Iran, a company that does not recognize the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? A nation has declared that Islam is the way, but there are comp- people being converted and discipled. Yeah. They're growing even the threat of death, yeah. imprisonment. I read an article just this past week of a pastor at church found out. they, they found out they, they was having church in her home, people gathering together. They threw her in prison. Yeah. threw her in prison. And she was there, molested. She was there, beaten. She was there, psychological torment. And today she's out, still preaching the gospel, knowing that at any moment they can arrest her, any moment still meeting together with brothers and sisters in the faith, knowing at any moment can be arrested Talking about discipleship. It's going to make us grow. Well, we're pruned by the word. We're pruned also by discipline. But also healthy conversations. Who do you have in your life that can tell you you are wrong? And you not disregard them? You not begin to Ignored them? Who in your life can have a honest conversation with you and say, hmm, hey, you're being a jerk? And you are able to receive it. Who in your life do you allow to have a healthy conversation to you and say, this is what God says, but this is what you're doing. We need those healthy conversations, but the problem is in our society of becoming so disconnected, we're losing people in our life that can have healthy conversations. And I'm not talking about people that's just going to point out you're negative for the sake of pointing out your negative. Right. I'm not talking about people who talk down to you. I'm not talking about people who think they're bad. I'm talking about people you trust, that you can bear your heart and soul to, and they can speak into your life and have a healthy conversation, who are there cheering you on, who are there believing in the potential that God has placed within you. These people, see, healthy conversations are so important. Why? Because you're meant to bear fruit. Psalm 92, verse 14, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They'll be fresh and flourishing. The new living says they'll be vital and green. Even in old age, even as they go through life, even as they mature in life, what I'm realizing now is time waits on no one. Time brings change. But for those and the one who is planted in the house of the Lord, they will still bear fruit in every season of life. It says time will not affect them. They will remain. That is to have a Quality, they'll remain fresh, they'll remain vital, they'll remain flourishing. And, church, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in that. They'll bear fruits. You've been called to bear fruit, the fruit of righteousness. One of the great things about the New Testament is we're allowed to look into the prayers of those and to read their prayers. In the Philippians chapter 1, we have such a prayer. Verse 8, it says, God knows how much I love you and long for you with a tender compassion of Jesus Christ. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Notice what Paul says, I pray your love will continue to overflow. I pray, I pray that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory And praise to God. You're called to bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Love. Biblical agape love. Not this love that the world has redefined as love. Accept me. Let me do what I want. Don't don't tell me what you think is right. That's not love. That's lasciviousness. True biblical agape love. Write this. You got to also grow in knowledge and understanding. This fruit is the fruit of knowledge and understanding. You also, the fruit you'll grow, and we need this today, is discernment. The ability to discern what is really good and what's not, what's, what really matters. And finally, you'll be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The fruit is righteous character. Herein is my Father glorified, Jesus said, that you bear fruit, that you bear much fruit. The righteous character of Christ. Paul says, those he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. In Christ, the moment you accepted Christ, there is a work that begins to take place in you. He wants you to look like Christ. You're to grow into the image of Christ. How are you doing in the growth department? Many studies on the church in Iran is the reason the church is growing is because they're developing disciples and not just converts. Discipleship. True followers of Christ. Those who are growing in their relationships. If you study the church in China, you'll see even that communist country where revival has broken out. Why? Because it's disciples. You study the church in Cuba. There's been a revival the last 20, 30 years in the island of Cuba, in that that communist country, but the church has exploded. We've even had ministers from Cuba come here and preach and, and teach, and it's because discipleship Knowing what it is to get roots deep, deep into the ground. How are you growing in Christ? How are you growing in your relationship? What needs to be cut away in your life? What what areas of your life that you've allowed to kind of die? Or maybe you say, you know, it's it's, it's not dead, but it's just not bearing fruit. It needs to be cut. God wants fruit to be produced in your life. You walking in fellowship with Christ? we walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit? we walking in fellowship one with the other? May we follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let us stand together.